0: Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor, Mead Metal Mayhem. I'm James. I'm Jody. You know, there's just something inherently creepy about carnivals. Strangers coming into your town. The creepy old sideshows. Creepy new carnies. Maybe just the idea of hedonistic gypsy tribes coming all over the place and casting spells on you.
1: Ooh. Or it could just be the carny folk are creepy anyway.
0: A little bit. <laughs> a little creepy. There's a reason why I don't always get on the rides because I just don't know how much I trust. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And, and yes, by the way, I do know Romani or travelers is probably a better term to use than gypsy. But when we're talking about the old school carnivals, uh, you know, I'm using the old school term. Yeah. But yes, not accurate anymore. That's okay. Before we get into the actual topic Uh, i'll I'll give my beer first because Uh i've already mentioned it once i'm drinking the ravine i brought home from nightshade and darks pandemonium brew brew pub so uh, i had it the night we talked about halloween because i had one there then i brought another one home and
1: i'm actually going with something that i've had before too that i've mentioned on, on the podcast um southern tears uh pumpkin imperial pumpkin ale
0: oh it's a thing of beauty it is and tasty Yes. So, yes, Dark Carnival. i <laughs> just going to keep moving on here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I know we talked about our author thing, and for me, the biggest part of this episode will be hitting on Ray Bradbury's Something Wicked This Way Comes.
1: Yes. Excellent book.
0: Tis indeed. In fact, I read it, uh, just uh, finished it about a week ago for my one of my ha- annual Halloween books. Yeah. I will say that I-, I was about the boy's age when I first read this. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that, that's that's kind of neat. About, I actually read The Halloween Tree first, of course, and, you know, I was about the same age then, too. But it's good. But now that uh, I'm I'm nearing the dad's age in the story, he was 54 at the time of when the story takes place, and I'm... <laughs> they 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 kind of irritate me because Ray wrote it about how, how old he was and out of shape and everything. And I'm like, yeah. wait a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I can't remember though
1: when Ray wrote that, that's, yeah.
0: <laughs> it, well, 1962. It, it probably was a little more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> could have been, but life expectancy was still 70.12 years. So not much worse than it is now. <laughs> no. I, I will say though, I, I, had my daughter when I was 26 you know if I would have had her in my 40s and she was hitting 14 when I was 54 that that might be different yeah although also you know kudos to Will's dad because at 54 Will's mom was 39 at the time of this writing good job <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Be- before I started going on into that which I what I probably should have done is is give a brief <laughs> recap of the book, <laughs> unless unless you would like to do so. Um, uh, no, 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 go ahead. go ahead. All right. Pretty simple. It's one of Ray's Greentown books, Greentown being the nickname for Waukegan, Illinois, where he grew up mm-hmm. and takes place a week before Halloween. In fact, like this year, 2020, Halloween's going to be on a Saturday night because this weird, spooky, dark carnival comes rolling into town on a spooky, dark train on just after midnight on Saturday the 24th, so. Yeah. yeah same kind of calendar year. So week before Halloween, uh, the boys wake up at three in the morning when the train rolls in, because they hear the, I'll pronounce it correctly the first time, calliope. But when I say Calliope <laughs> here soon, <laughs> one of those words I read as a kid, <laughs> never heard before. <laughs> and, so, we, so
1: wait, wait, so 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 2020, As the same calendar as the year the book takes place?
0: Yes. We got stuck with a used year. That's what's wrong.
1: (laughs) 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 No, that was actually from a Peanuts comic. (laughs)
0: Oh. (laughs) I'm guessing that was Linus. (laughs) Actually, no, it was Lucy. (laughs) Oh, well... (laughs) Lucy's just as smart as Linus. She's just a crab apple compared to (laughs) Linus's chill, wise man routine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so anyway, the train rolls in, they set up the carnival, two young teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Teenagers. They're, they're They're teenagers. They were 13. They're 13. They're going to be 14 in about a week. And that's one of the Mm -hmm. things that the novel will get to in a second, but they hear it. They go out and investigate. And these are the two main protagonists are these young men who pick up on the carnival because the carnival's evil it'll take people who want things and need things and it'll bring it to them and it will twist them into distorted versions of themselves and that's where the sideshows and the freak shows come from in the book are people who got twisted Mm -hmm. and uh and that they're you know they have to find their way through and and we'll kind of hit
1: like like your sister my sister yeah she got twisted see what i did there
0: i i I don't know i i I don't know which thing i want (laughs) to (laughs) say (laughs) <laughs> I was, I was going to go with. I'll give you a D for that pun, <laughs> or <laughs> or if the carnival would have asked you what I want to do, see, <laughs> see. I, I was going to say, what do you want to do? I want to rock. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> uh,
1: okay.
0: Well, <laughs> at the end, when they're trying to take the mole and kill them, Will's dad stands up and goes, "We're not going to take it." And <laughs> yeah. So many, I got stuck. They just started blazing through which once you explained kind of what you meant. I thought you were going to make a joke about how I joke around about my brothers being my sisters. No, no, no.
1: I guess I could have. I but anyway,
0: we digress. Quite a bit. And so they have to figure out what's going on and they have to make sure they don't get stuck in it and trapped and, and there's... Tension between the friends and and some things that maybe we'll hit on here in a second. But regardless, it's a good book. You yeah. should read it. You should. Yes. So I have a
1: I have a question, but um, you're gonna because you, you haven't given their names yet. You're gonna give their names in a minute.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Just we'll go. I've got my notes here, so we can kind of jump around as we need to. Okay. Okay. Because I I got
1: a I got a question, but I'll wait till you get to get to that.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll say also this because I've mentioned personal anecdotes when we talked about Halloween tree is that this book and Halloween tree are where I got my roaming tendencies and, and tendencies to perhaps go further and do things I shouldn't. And, and I don't mean you know, horrible thing. Well, kind of horrible things. For for example, <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would sneak around the Clinton public library and go into the non non-public rooms, like go in and, and just kind of see what were in the rooms that I wasn't supposed to go into. <laughs> and, uh, boy scout camping when camping at a quarry once they told us i'll stick around and i said yeah sure i'll stick around and five minutes later i'm walking down the railroad tracks into town about five miles away just to go to the gas station just because i want to walk the railroad tracks <laughs> 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 and, you know, I still go off the pass at state parks i mean i do make sure to go at least where i don't destroy flora and fauna but you know I, I i like to explore and and the way ray writes his kids and his adults i I like to have a bit of, you know, take care of my responsibilities, but then I like to go and do my my new things and weird things and, and things. And stuffs. And stuffs and what's not. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> so I'm going to give the names here. Um, the protagonists, the young men's names are Will and Jim. You'll hear about their dichotomies. So I'm just kind of giving this too as a personal thing. I always kind of thought of myself as will who was the lighter of the two kind of a yin and yang sort of thing when i was younger because you know he's the good one and having blonde hair and will has blonde hair kind of you know matches that up a little bit but then as i've gotten older i realized i'm more like jim where i probably pushed my friends to do a little bit more than they might have been comfortable <laughs> on occasion you know yeah
1: you're right <laughs> <laughs> because i was thinking about this because because i i didn't like i said I, I wasn't able to go back and read the book but i i, I did look at the wikipedia article on it <laughs> it's just so i could refresh myself on it and, and as i was reading i'm like you know <laughs> james and jim <laughs> yeah
0: maybe <laughs> I,
1: I however be like I, I would probably be more like mr holloway <laughs>
0: <laughs> want to go do something? No, I'm just going to roam around the library and read my books and think my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you can say Will's dad is a janitor at the local library, which is yeah. the library I mentioned in the Waukegan episode. Yeah. Not as all as I would have pictured it from having read the book. <laughs> no, I, reading the book, I picture something huge, and as a kid, I'm, you know, libraries are big and monolithic yeah. and stuff, but, you know, it's, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, those are just sort of personal things I've got, uh, kind of, we'll, we'll just bounce around. I'll, I'll start with my notes and you, well, <laughs> just jump in like usual. <laughs> so, something with Wicked This Way comes by Ray Bradbury, published 1962, we mentioned, and uh, focuses on best friends Jim Nightshade and Will Holloway, one dark and one light, both by name, nature, and looks. They're 13 years old, soon to be 14. Uh-huh. So, um, didn't you, uh, when when we were in high school, um,
1: didn't didn't you use uh, Jimmy Nightshade as a stage name a few times, or were uh, going to?
0: Just a, just a few, yeah, maybe. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> first, Jimmy wasn't from Jim Nightshade. Jimmy was from James and Jimmy Page. Uh, The fact that he happened to work with Nightshade because of this book and because of its deadly properties means nothing. Nothing, I tell you. (laughs) Okay, that was my question. (laughs) Listen, Dave (laughs) Bolin. And we'll get to that when we get to that episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Kind of soon. (laughs) Because then we can talk. Then then we do the drink for the, hey, we mentioned this back in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Starts on October 23rd on an overcast night in Greentown, Illinois. Now, because the boys go running around town and they go get library books where Will's dad helps them pick them out. And then next morning, Saturday morning, three in the morning is when the train starts coming in. And I do want to match something up because i don't think i'll come back to it but because of the time it comes in that matches with douglas adams is uh will's dad gives a little talk about how it's the the soul's midnight at three o'clock in the morning because maybe that's when most people die or you know whatever it is that <coughs> matches up with douglas adams two in the morning the long dark tea time of the soul where if you wake up at two that's the worst time because you just sit there and it's uh, horrible <laughs> Yep. (laughs) Ray Bradbury and Douglas Adams Two of my favorite authors Same idea The the actual name of the carnival is Mr. Dark uh, Or well, it's run by Mr. Dark and Mr. Cougar It's Cougar and Dark's Pandemonium Shadow Show And they have spooky sideshow people Like the Dust Witch and the Skeleton And the boys meet Tom Fury Who's a lightning rod salesman Who gets entranced by the carnival I don't know if I should say what happens to him or not uh, it's, that's up to you. Huh, read the book, you bastard. <laughs> but I, I, I will I will give this next piece. Miss Foley is their teacher. Mm-hmm. One of the things that gets to people is the promise of giving them what they want. Miss Foley is always thinking about, where'd that young girl go? Because she's an older spinster teacher. And I, well, when I was so young, it was nice. And the carnival has a carousel that can actually run forward and backward and you know, I kind of have to either give a spoiler. It's, yeah, screw it. I'm going to give a spoiler. So here, spoiler alert. If you don't want to know well, Yeah,
1: this this one you kind of have to give, yeah.
0: Kind of. So if you want to not know exactly what's going on, forward about 60 seconds. <laughs> but The carousel runs forward and backward, and either direction it goes will age you or de-age you. Mr. Cougar uses it to de-age himself, and he uses the carnival magic to pretend to be Miss Foley's nephew, and then convinces her to go on and she becomes a little girl, but she still has her memories intact and that's the horrible part. Still you in there. Yes. But nobody believes you and and she's crying under a tree because nobody can help her and that's ah,
1: horrible, it's horrible. Terrifying.
0: Ooh, good word. <laughs> yes. And Will's father works at the local library. We mentioned there's some really good library scenes in here. And Oh yeah. Yeah, well my favorite's when they start figuring out what's actually going on and the boys know what's up, and Will's father finds out what's going on, and the corny folk are trying to find the boys because they, well, they actually want to recruit Jim because Jim's got that bit of darkness in him, and, and they'll, they're going to turn Will into like a little play pet thing for one of the sideshow people, and kind of, yeah, it's be spooky if you're a 13-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. But then Will's dad figures out what's going on too, and they all meet up at the library, and Will's father has his hue. He just keeps talking. It's really good philosophical little bit, and also talks about how awesome libraries are. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they they try to use it whenever they want. They try to tempt Will's father onto it, saying that they can give him extra time. They can make him young again if he just gives up the boys. And it's just good. <laughs> uh, do you know where the title comes from? Um, I do.
1: It comes from a line in uh, Shakespeare's Macbeth. Yeah, So by one of the witches.
0: Yes. As King Macbeth enters the witch's cave, the second witch says, by the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Open locks, whoever knocks. And Macbeth replies, how now, you secret black and midnight hags, what is it you do? It's some of the spookier lines in the whole play. (laughs) I have to give those.
1: (laughs) I thought for a second there you were going to say how now, brown cow, but...
0: There was a fine cow who made an ale who jumped over the moon. Frodo slipped and put on the ring and Sauron... Uh, I'm done. Let's stop now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you said cow, which harkens back to our episode on Tom Bombadil from about a year ago. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I said another episode. That was Hobbit Day 2019, by the way. Should I listen to it while I take a drink for any time we talk about a previous episode?
1: You should do that. Go back and listen to the episode and take a drink for
0: referencing the episode. yes, yeah. <laughs> And then take a drink for Frodo and a drink for Bilbo and a drink for all the writers of Rohan who fell in the fields of Pelennor. But probably just one drink for them all because otherwise you're going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah. So I I actually just have a few other kind of notes about the book. I don't want to give it all away because it's such a good read. I mean, it's it's got proprietors are terrifying and, and quite vicious and vindictive and intelligent and Horrible and the sideshow people are. And by the way, you could also read uh, the jar by Ray Bradbury, a short story, which has to do with the sideshow thing. I'm just going to say that now because I actually forgot to write it in here. Uh, Otherwise, I was going to talk about some of the themes, just kind of briefly, and a few things. But did you have anything specific uh, from the book that you wanted to to bring up, or no?
1: No, I think you. I mean, you you pretty much covered it.
0: Cool. Well, we'll cover it a little bit more. Yeah. So there are a lot of themes moving from childhood to adulthood. Uh, Jim wants to be older, and Will likes his age where he's at now. Jim likes to watch Mm -hmm. the naked people at the theater having sex. Freaks Will out. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that would have freaked me out. (laughs) See, that's why I actually have a note in here saying I might be more like Jim, but we're all a little good and a little bad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Actually, that thing might have freaked me out at first. But then I probably would have thought about it for a day or two and went back and tried to see if they're doing this again. Yeah. Yeah, But there's a belief in fear. Uh, You can be afraid of something, but then you can overcome it with, with, Mm -hmm. well, laughter, love. Uh, All of that is a good defense against evil. Evil. Yeah. Actually, my note says laughter is the best defense against fear and assholes, (laughs) along with friendship (laughs) and love. it's the best defense against friendship and love. Okay. <laughs> oh, actually, it's laughter along with friendship and love is the best defense Oh, oh okay, asshole. okay. But, you know, since <laughs> we're friends and you're still being an asshole, I'm not sure. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> uh, yep, always be aware of all the false promises because, you know, the carnival only comes always in October, runs on fear, makes false promises. you gotta watch. Mm. got to watch hucksters who make those false promises and try to make you afraid of everything. Got the tension of the kids versus adults and the goods versus the evils. There's some really good foreshadowing. I got the beginning when they're talking to Tom Fury, the lightning rod salesman, he talks about when he get struck where, well, they're talking about the boys and everything. When you get struck by lightning, the last image you see will be infused on your eyeballs, but that comes up later when Will and Jim think they're going to see what their eyeballs saw as really good. There's a lot of foreshadowing where they, we're we're ray for shadows <laughs> uh,
1: he, was, yeah, he was good at that
0: yeah he's <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going to do the redundant thing this time i'm going to move on <laughs> jim who starts the story as the kid who pushes things pushes things too far and always tries to go a little bit too far and wants to be the adult and sometimes doesn't care about others quite as much it's it's interesting because he's like the oak when things break, when it goes too far, like when they see Miss Foley as a child, he just snaps mm-hmm. like he can 't handle, and he breaks down, but will steps up a couple times, he steps up with Miss Foley, he steps up against the dutch the dust witch in her balloon when she comes creeping along with their snail's trail and and takes care of that you know he's he 's a little more sedate and and wants to be young and a little afraid of certain adult things, but he's got his side of bravery too. <laughs> So
1: you would compare Jim to an oak? Would you compare Will to a A willow
0: willow. tree? Yep. Okay. (laughs) I would. And by the way, I always wonder whenever I read this, what happened to Miss Foley? Because at the end of it, I'm not going to say what happens to everybody at the end. Uh, You should read it for the, the final showdown and see what happens. But you you mm-hmm. don't find out what happens to Miss Foley. You don't find out what happens to Mr. Cressetti, the barber, who also, you know, something happens to. And you, you don't find out. And that, that's always sort of bothered me a little bit, especially for someone like Ray Bradbury, who wrote The Halloween Tree after Charles Schultz did not put in The Great Pumpkin and The Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. <laughs> There's one other neat thing that matches up with the past episodes. So get ready to drink. And... Ooh, ooh, okay, I'm ready. Okay, cool. So... Mr. Dark is also called the Illustrated Man, which is, of course, the name of a compilation book of Ray Bradbury's. Uh, and uh-huh. that's he actually helps control his freaks through the tattoos. But he's so good that he tattoos the faces of Will and Jim on the palms of his hands to go around town and ask about the boys. Because, of course, he wants them for nefarious reasons. But he's like, hey, we're going to give them tickets. They won this thing, and they can get on all the rides. You know, lying, of yeah. course. But Will... His face is tattooed on Mr. Dark's right hand, and Jim's is tattooed on the illustrated man's left hand. And I wonder if Bradbury mm. about that left-hand path Jinx Dawson thing, or if he just, you know, I mean, historically, left-handed people are considered more evil, Donnie. <laughs> but, <laughs> not, Poor Donnie. <laughs> not, that, that's actually what I have. I've got some adaptation things I was going to discuss. Um, But that's, that's really, I think all I have on the book itself. Other than that, you should read, I understand we did the Halloween tree at the beginning of October. So you could read it in time. And Mm -hmm. when this comes out, if it's piquing your interest, you probably won't have time to read it by the time Halloween's over. Since when this comes out, that'll be tomorrow night. But you never know. It's a good read anyway, at any time. I just usually save it for my Halloween.
1: Well, you know, it's at this point, we're going into the darkest time of the year. So it might not be a bad thing to read on a cold, dark night.
0: Great. So I'll move on then to adaptations. Okay. Uh, 1983 Disney film. Pretty good.
1: According to the Wikipedia article, uh, he said he considered the film one of the better adaptations of his work. I I remember, I don't think it did really well at the box office though, did it? No,
0: it didn't. I think it actually lost money after the production, but there were some issues with, he did describe, uh, the the screen for it but the original director and he had a falling out and there's another screenwriter who came in and tried to do some things and they actually had to come back like a year later with some rewrites because the first go round the the test audiences didn't really think it was good so disney spent like five million more ten million more so like Mm. it bumped up the cost a Mm. lot and yeah that, that made it better it actually put it more in line with the book but there are some little Tiny things in there that Ray wishes he could have done better, but, you know, with everything that they (laughs) did. But one of the neat things is that the boys, because they came back a year later to do some reshoots, you'll actually see Uh scenes because of the age they were. You know, a year for teenagers, you grow up a lot. That's quite a – yeah, that's a big difference. You can can actually see them change a little bit. Oh, that's funny. And I started watching it earlier today. But I, I've not gotten very far in. I'm really looking forward to seeing if I can tell that because I just discovered that little piece of information a week or two ago. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, yeah, Jason Robards was in that, wasn't he? Yes, uh, Jason Robards is uh, Will Holloway's dad, Mister Holloway. And I mean, he's been in tons of stage, <laughs> film, and TV, and he's he's uh, in the Navy in World War II, also, so he's a vet. Uh,
1: yeah, he was. He was a really good actor. I always liked everything. I, or I liked him and everything I saw. for some reason though i always and i don't know how old he was when they filmed that movie but when i read the book i always pictured will's dad looking younger than jason robards well
0: me too but in the book he's 54 and jason robards was in his 60s when they filmed this so
1: yeah see that's kind of what i was thinking because i was i I was not having read the book at that point when the movie came out i always kind of thought well is that like the you know the granddad or something
0: yeah, I mean, in the book, every, a lot of people thought that he could have been the granddad to Will, but I, yeah, I even picture him yeah. a little younger than Jason Robards. And uh, and of course, there's Jonathan Price, who plays Mr. Dark, the illustrated man, just to match this up with some past episodes, was in Terry Gilliam's Brazil, Terry Gilliam being Python, James Bond, Tomorrow Never Dies, because I've mentioned wanting to do Bond films, using <laughs> <laughs> uh, The Man Who Invented Christmas, which was one of our Christmas episodes uh, a year ago. He's one of the masters in Doctor Who, because <laughs> I've mentioned Doctor Who a few times. And uh, I don't remember if we've mentioned Game of Thrones in anything, but he, he was the High Sparrow in Game of Thrones, for anybody who's watched that. Okay. And do you know who Ray Bradbury actually wanted to get to play Mr. Dark?
1: I do not.
0: Uh, actually, two. One was Peter O'Toole, but the other just like he wanted him to play Mountain Shroud and Halloween Tree, was Christopher Lee. Uh,
1: that would have been really cool.
0: Yep, but they uh, already were getting some costs. And at the time, uh, Jonathan Price was not as well known and cheaper. <laughs> yeah. And did you know that this was actually a screenplay before it was a book, before it became the screenplay again? Ray actually wrote it. I did know the- that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, but our listeners
1: probably don't. Yeah. <laughs>
0: do you remember who he wrote it for? Gene Kelly? Gene Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Legendary that's, actor, that's, dancer. That's
1: in the, that's in the uh, Wikipedia article.
0: Oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, they knew each other and Ray wrote it. So uh, Gene could, I think, do his directorial debut, perhaps. Yeah. And it uh, didn't quite work out, so he turned it into the book and then...
1: Now I just discovered something really interesting as I was looking at IMDb to look something up. 1983 Disney film was not the first film adaptation. There was one done in 1972. Huh. Apparently very, that.
0: uh,
1: apparently very low budget.
0: Hmm. Well, I'll have to see if I can find it. I didn't think he's, I knew he had the rights sort of like he'd sold them, but nothing I didn't think anything was made off to check that out. Cool. Thanks. Okay. I had to look up who Jonathan
1: price was and, and, uh, yes i now okay kind of a kind of a
0: good pick (laughs) yeah i think he still i think they still nailed it it is a very good pick and he does a really good job it's there are some changes you know and that's fine ray much like douglas adams and others when he would do different versions he would change things around a little bit and so Mm -hmm. the film has some additional characters and you know there's some things going on that don't happen in the book quite but it's cool and ray was good with it so yeah. But yeah, I, I think he makes an excellent. Uh, I think that is one of the best portrayals of the book character into the film. Cool. Uh, I think that's all I really had. There's uh, also a radio adaptation by the Colonial Radio Theater. And if that sounds familiar, it's because I mentioned them doing the Halloween Tree also during the Halloween episode, Halloween Tree episode. Yeah. Uh, first aired October 1st, 2007. I listened to it earlier this year, and it's quite good. I, I like both The Halloween Tree and Something Wicked This Way Comes. I, I don't know if I kept it in this episode. I know I'd said something about it because I mentioned finding things that said Ray did The Halloween Tree and Something Wicked This Way Comes radio adaptations, or he at least approved them. Since then, I found out a little more information. I may have taken that out because I wasn't sure and, you know, so uh-huh. I didn't want to leave it in. Maybe it could be in there. Who knows? I'd have to go back and listen to it again. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I have that problem, too. Yeah, but it was a couple weeks ago, and, I, you know, when, when you record, edit, then it comes out and you listen to it again, it all goes together. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but Ray did write the stage play for Something Wicked This Way Comes, and then that was used by the Colonial Radio Theater, although a little bit of some adaptation by Jerry Robbins, who had also adapted Ray's stage play of Dandelion Wine, so, you know, when, when you go from a stage play to a radio play, there's no visual. So there have to be a few adjustments. Yeah. Uh, but Ray did. They're based off of Ray's stage plays. But the Halloween tree was written by Jerry Robbins with Ray's approval. And, you know, through all the steps, Ray would look at the things and make a couple of suggestions. But everything's approved by Ray. But Jerry wrote the Halloween tree that only made slight adaptations to Ray's. Something Wicked This Way Comes. Oh, yeah, It's uh, referenced in other books. Uh, Stephen King uses concepts from this, in uh, such as The Dead Zone, Needful Things, Salem's Lot, and, of course, Pennywise the Clown from *From It. It's not exactly yep. always dark carnivals, but, you know. Right.
1: Yeah, Penny, Pennywise doesn't show up every generation, but he shows up every 33, 37 years, something like that. Oh, man, it's been so long since I've read that. I don't
0: remember the time. Yeah. <laughs> between... Uh, but yeah yeah very similar uh neil gaiman loves it he loves the actual book and he used the carousel in american gods and uh and some of the other motifs and 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 never his book for example and had a very big influence on rl stein the goosebumps series author
1: yeah I i saw that i liked uh stein had a quote yeah ray bradbury is one of my favorite authors I will always tell people that the scariest book I ever read was one of his books, Something Wicked This Way Comes. That's uh, R.L. Stein.
0: Ah, good for you, R.L. Yeah. And uh, the actual story and what he based off what he's going to do for Gene Kelly is based from a short story he wrote called The Black Ferris. Of course, you know, similar idea, idea, some differences. Mm -hmm. This is a short story. It's like four pages. If you print it off on the eight and a half by 11 sheets, uh, it's Peter and Hank instead of Jim and Will. And instead of a carousel, it's a Ferris wheel. Took inspiration from Vern Burroughs Rogers, who's Mr. Electro, which is a character in the book too. And yep. Blackthorn the Magician. And uh, that's it for what I have on like literature books, because there are many others, but to me, none mm-hmm. of them quite match up with uh, Ray's Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yeah. So, but before I go into, you know, because I've got some other film, TV, music and stuff. But did you have anything else on this specifically? No. That was easy enough. (laughs) I I have. Yeah.
1: No, I've got a a couple of things I wanted to mention on just the overall concept of the Dark Carnival.
0: Okay. Do you want to do that now or want to wait till the end?
1: Uh, We can wait till the end. Cool.
0: Sounds good. Uh, I've got a few music things just to to match up. And one of these I mentioned last year is Halloween's *The Dark Ride* their 2000 album? It's their, it's their mm-hmm. ninth studio album. Andy Desera. It's the last to feature Kai Hansen's replacement, Roland grapau and uses Ingo's replacement, Uli. Uh, but there's spooky songs on there. I know I mentioned uh, the actual *The Dark Ride* song last year, which is a dark carnival song. Uh, but there's *Mr. Torture*, *Escalation 666*, and *I Live for Your Pain* on there. So. almost half the songs have a very spooky halloweeny dark feel cool but yeah the whole thing's good it actually starts with you hear a carnival and spooky sounds in the background as sort of an intro to it and of course there's the corny by nick cave and the bad seeds released in 1986 from their fourth album your funeral my trial and we mentioned nick cave and the bad seeds back in the devil's tritone episode we did and that was one of our first episodes way the hell back two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So there's my drink for referencing that. Uh, and uh, got a couple film and TV things, but did you have any music?
1: I, sort of, but I can reference it with something else I was
0: already going to mention. All right, let's do that then. Okay. For a coherent structure, Ray would like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, film and TV – American Horror Story season four, Freaks show, it's it's not the best. I still actually think season one is, is the best, but you know what, what are you gonna do? Uh, I didn't think is horrible, and it probably actually showed accurately what people how people treated freaks back in that time because it takes place back in the 60s, I think. Mm-hmm. Not bad. It'll give you an idea of a little bit of the dark carnival feel. Uh, but the film Freaks from 1932 yep. is definitely in there that's
1: <laughs> it, yeah it is that's actually that was one of the things i was going to mention but that's okay that you did because
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of us
1: yeah i actually uh last year uh around this time was first time i'd had a chance to watch that it was uh turner classic movies had it on so i, I recorded it because it was on at like three o'clock in the morning yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep and uh that was a really good movie um uh todd browning i have no i watched it like you todd... just uh, a couple years ago for the first time um I'll, I'll look it up uh the guy who directed it i think is todd browning and uh yes todd browning and he is also known uh because a year before that he directed dracula with bela lugosi oh cool it's very although it's it's been controversial over the years because there there have been some people who considered freaks to be an exploitive movie of uh people with disabilities
0: I can see that i mean nineteen thirty two probably wasn't on anybody's radar, but I bet it is now
1: yeah it's i mean story wise it was pretty good i I enjoyed it so
0: yeah I guess it was freaky at the time because people ran out of the theater kind of like they did with Night of the Living Dead that we talked about last year. <laughs> yeah or year before now all the years are running together (laughs) uh year year before that was
1: yeah that was uh anyway yeah
0: (laughs) yeah but uh 1962's carnival of souls which i also watched just a couple halloweens ago is is also really good it's a bit creepy excellent
1: that one has been released by the criterion collection and that's i've got that on blu-ray Shout out to the Criterion Collection, because if you like watching DVDs and Blu-ray with all the bonus material, all the behind the scenes stuff, Criterion Collection was the one that started doing that back when they were doing laser discs. So, um, but yeah, Carnival of Souls is, it's an excellent movie. I, I mean, there, there there's a carnival, but it's it's derelict. It's kind of like a Coney Island type of thing, but there's, I mean, it's not open anymore, but the, the, the main character keeps, going back to it.
0: Yeah, it, there's a, a nice kind of twist ending sort of that won't shock anybody now, but what was neat back yeah. in sixty two. And of course we just referenced or talked about Ambrose Pierce's and occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge a couple weeks ago. And uh I, I'm not gonna give any more nads, but you can
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fine. Actually that was uh one of the another thing I was gonna mention was Carnival of Souls.
0: <laughs> we are so smart. <laughs> uh huh <laughs> It's funny because I, I got one you don't have, though. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I've got one more here, but I, because what you just said after my last one says there are more of these. Uh-huh. But I picked a few that I've seen and enjoyed. I'm sure Jody will have something to add. <laughs> here, <laughs> I'll give my last one and I'll see okay. if you have something besides this. But this would be a fight scene at a carnival with creepy setting and creepy music and all in the animated show Cowboy Bebop in the episode Perro La Faux. Oh,
1: I wasn't even thinking of that one. Uh, that, I think that was it. That, no, that is
0: one of the best episodes of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> yeah, and we'll probably have an actual episode or two of Cowboy Bebop so we don't have to go into a lot of detail. But that, if you if you like, yeah, it's, it's good. Jody got me hooked on it, you bastard. But yeah, that, that's, <laughs> I agree. One of the best episodes in the fight scene takes place at a carnival and it is creepy.
1: Yeah, that. The whole episode's creepy, though. (laughs) It's not just that fight scene. (laughs) That, oh, yeah. Um, Goosebumps. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Arnold (laughs) Fine. I'll just, I'll just, gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. So,
0: anyway, I've Uh, got a few uh, personal anecdotes, but you said you have something to add on film and TV, maybe?
1: In in the mid to late 90s, um, when Kiss was doing their reunion tour, KISS signed a deal with Dark Horse t- Comics, Image Comics. And uh, they came up with this KISS Psycho Circus comic book, which I really enjoyed. Actually, the, the title of the comic inspired what was supposed to be the reunion album with the four members of the band, which really barely was. That was the album Psycho Circus. The, the Psycho Circus comic... I th- I think, I don't know for sure, but I think it's kind of based on the carnival, uh, Cougar and Dark's carnival f- from Something Wicked This Way Comes. Only the characters that are part of the, the carnival, which I do think they actually called the Carnival of Souls, they were all trapped in it to be punished for something that they had done in their life. And the four main characters, the, how uh, Crap! I don't remember what, he's, what the what the term is. the The, the ringmaster, yeah, the ringmaster was Mister Blackwell. Who, if you've listened to our episode on the elder. music from the elder, <laughs> <laughs> and as as a matter of fact, these four characters are referred to as the elder. Now, it's it's a different concept than what Gene I think had envisioned when he came up with his you know idea for the, for what wound up being the album. But you had uh, Mister Blackwell was Gene's character. It, when he transformed into his elder persona, from his human persona, he was the demon, right? So he looked like Gene. You had, uh, oh, I can't remember the, the, I can't remember this character's name, but he was, he was the clown. And he was, uh, I wanna say he was, he was a little person, he was a dwarf. When he transformed into his elder persona, it was Paul. So it was the star child you had the, the stilt man who was ace's character you know the star man and then the uh the beast master was peter's character uh, the cat man so they were all they were they were trapped in this carnival to do penance for stuff they had done in their lives was i mean it was a really cool comic book but but they also had you know, like the um the dust witch they had a a gypsy uh fortune teller who was blind but you know was still able to read the cards and stuff and she uh she was all, she was like the rest of them she was trapped there because of stuff she had done in her past and
0: they stole and, that uh, from ray
1: they kind of did <laughs> but it was it was the carnival itself it wasn't it wasn't the guys who ran the carnival who were trapping people in it it was the carnival itself oh, I mean it was trapping people who had
0: because the dust was blind yeah. and
1: <laughs> yeah that's true too yeah i think she i think pretty sure the one in the comic was blind yeah
0: well and in the book the dust witch they talk about her eyes being sewn shut but she seems to be able to see when will's dad smiles at her so as, as a yeah well she has a she has a third eye yeah i guess we could also mention you know kiss meets the phantom of the park because it's not a carnival but it's a amusement <laughs> park but that's we we thought about doing that as its own episode anyway and i'm not sure how dark <laughs> and creepy you, that is
1: God, it, it's not
0: let's, let's just, I mean let's just seriously okay. if you want to
1: talk about kiss at an amusement park, yeah if you want to talk about a creepy thing with kiss at an amusement park then you might as well do the scooby-doo episode because <laughs> it was creepier than kiss meets the phantom
0: uh, I think kiss on Poland's Halloween special was creepier than <laughs> kiss meets the phantom <laughs> uh. well,
1: well that did have that did have what's her name that was the witch from, from wizard of Oz from so. Vos,
0: yep cool did, did you, have, well, I've, I've got some personal anecdote things that have to do with carnivals. Oh, uh, uh, no, go ahead. I, um, no. Uh, one, I, I think I'm going to go backwards because that'll be more humorous that way. I, uh, there's a oddities and curiosities expo that, that tour. <laughs> okay, Jim. You'll, you'll, no, you'll, wait. That's...
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait, Jim went forward. Never mind. <laughs> wanted to go forward. I'm
0: Mr. Cougar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Does that mean you like young men? Shut up, Rob. That's not the cougar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, there's a Oddities and Curiosities Expo that tours, and it's just this touring company that goes to different cities throughout the U.S. and and you can go there, and they 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 just sell weird weird things, and they they have neat creepy things, and I went last year. Uh, this year's was pushed back because of COVID, and I. Didn't end up Mm -hmm. going to when its remake thing was because Sam, who's been on the uh, podcast, had a triathlon. So I went and had some beers with him afterwards instead. Uh, But it's really neat. And when I did go the previous year, uh, I mean, they have it during the day, which removes a bit of the scary factor, but it's still really creepy Mm -hmm. and cool. The local Luciferian group was there giving out free hugs, which which is kind of cool. And uh, Scarlet Lane, a brewer we've talked about, they brew a special – well, they did – Last year, I don't know what they did this year, but they brewed a special beer for it. So it's, cool. if, if you get a chance to check it out, it's neat. It's not, you know, a dark carnival, but it's, it's kind of neat in a weird, gothic, creepy way. And one year when I was in uh, high school, went to the Park County Fair, and we kind of stuck around a little bit after it closed just to see what went on. And well, it was two of us, me and uh, my, my friend Derek. Th- that's scary you know we we didn't really intrude but we walked around and the carnies knew we weren't one of them (laughs) uh,
1: not one of us not
0: one of (laughs) us (laughs) (laughs) and yeah we kind of of felt like they'd eat our skin if we stuck around much longer so i'm really glad neither of us said anything horribly stupid and we left when we did but that that will give you an idea how creepy things can be but the, the funnier one was I went to a, a Catholic carnival because I, I went to Catholic school for eight years, went to a Catholic church, and they would have carnivals. In it. And I went, and that wasn't the scary part. Well, Catholicism maybe, but the carnival is okay. It is the first time I ever got to do under the shirt stuff with uh, around back on the backside of the school, which isn't creepy. But I found out I was saved later because a couple years ago. No, that, 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 part's that fine. doesn't sound
1: creepy at all <laughs> but uh, a
0: couple years later one of my friends picked up an std from her so uh, there's the creepy that, part that's there. kind of scary yeah I'm, I'm glad i dodged that bullet not not that she would have went further with Even, me and, you know two years later i don't know what she did in the meantime you know she could have been disease free right. then but maybe she's just trying to lure yeah. me in you said you may have uh general things maybe still too
1: no i just uh it uh it made me think of uh when i was in germany and the i guess not really maybe i don't know it was carnival fair or whatever it was would would come through the village where we lived it wasn't really creepy it was just fun it just you know talking about this kind of made me think of that um cool. I, like i said i was around the same age that the boys were in the book and you know it was really neat to be able to go to that stuff with your friends and not worry about the parents really going <laughs> with you because it was you know close enough we could just ride our bikes to it
0: ah see there's that Childhood going into adulthood, and that little bit of thing going on, just like Ray wrote about. Ooh, nice yeah. one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. See? Haha, it was relevant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't say you were thinking it. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I was thinking it, and I said it. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> I'm, I don't have anything else. I'm good if you are. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm good. All right, then should let you go. That way maybe you have time to read a little bit of Something Wicked This Way Comes or, or go, go to yes. a dark carnival yourself and sell your soul to the dark ride. <laughs> That's a perfect outro. I'm James. I'm Jody. We'll talk to you later. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Hey, Yoda would have made a good sideshow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm mm, dressing me with her i shoes. say I haven't even opened the room yet. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, I'm going to move on unless you have more stories of naked Spanish women. No, 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 that's fine. You must suffer. <laughs> A little
1: late for that.